Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not there are two suns, and we're starting right now with our guest, Rose, who is arguing on behalf of two suns. Thanks so much for being here with us, Rose. The floor is all yours. Hello, everybody. Yes, my name is Rose, and I go by Rose777 on my channel, and I am on the Crow777 team, and we have recently had a new discovery related to what is called the double sun anomaly. So what I would like to do is first just give everyone some background information on the genesis that has brought us up to this point of the discovery. And then what I'd like to do is explain what I think is going on and what a lot of my friends think is going on and just hear what Carissa has to say about it because this is so brand new and so interesting. So the first thing I'll say though is that the double sun, it could be a mystery snomer because what we're looking at, this other object, this other luminary, it's not exactly the same as the sun that we see in the sky, and it's not visible usually to the naked eye. And so we're also calling this other object that we've discovered that we now know is an actual physical object with its own electromagnetic field, something like the source sun, or even Crow is calling it the spirit sun or the spiritual sun. Like think about maybe the source that is feeding what we're seeing. So what happened was in 2015, Crow was using his hydrogen alpha telescope with a double stack to shoot the sun. And so this allows you to see things that you wouldn't normally see with your naked eye. And he was moving his telescope around and all of a sudden he zoomed in on this other object. Now he couldn't see it with his eye, but there was something there, but he didn't have as much experience with the sun as he does with the moon because he became very popular for his discovery of the lunar wave. And we've always thought, oh gosh, we're never, how are we ever gonna find out what the lunar wave, was, lunar wave is? Well, now that we have made this discovery, we do have a theory and it is related to what the lunar wave is. So we'll get to that in the end as well. So he didn't have as much experience with the moon. So he didn't think much of it. He posted it and moved on, but then, it, in 2018, he was reading some ancient texts attributed to Fulcanelli, and he had an epiphany that there must be something to this double sun. And so 
we did an episode on it, which was episode 150 of Crow 777 Radio. And then we were contacted by another astronomer named Chris Van Maitre. And he also captured this double sun as well. And I'm going to show you the footage too. I can show you all of this so you can see for yourself. And so there are people that will say, hey, you guys don't know how to use your equipment. This is like a reflection within the telescope, but that cannot be possible because we're panning down the telescope. So if you're moving the telescope in, then where would the reflection be within the telescope? And we also can discuss today Brewster's angle, which would be the only situation where it would double the light in nature. And I have a video to show you guys what Brewster's angle is too. So this is all happening in 2018. And then recently we were just in South Carolina for the solar return and Chris Van Matry was there. We put Crow on the phone with him and they were talking about this double sun anomaly. How can we learn more about this? How can we know whether this is something that's worth looking at more? And Crow said, well, why don't, is, if only there was a way for you to take a polarized filter in front of the telescope while you're capturing the anomaly. And guess what? He was with Cami Nodell of Globusters. And Cami is a total nerd and has been collecting and studying polarized filters for 40 years. And so she's like, take your pick. And so Chris Van Maitre got the double sun in his telescope and they got the polarized filter in front of the telescope and they rotated the filter. Now, what are polarized filters? What they do is they put, make these little lines, like, you know, you can't stare straight at the sun, but if you're looking through blinds that are open, those lines are just making it easier for the light to come through and for you to see it. So that's mimicking what an electromagnetic field does. An electromagnetic field generates, this, does the same thing to light. So if you take two polarized filters, and you rotate one in front of it, it's this phenomena that the light gets canceled out. So when they twisted the polarized filter in front of the telescope, the sun that we don't see with our naked eyes was complete, the light was completely canceled out. That's only possible if the object that we're seeing has a field. This is one filter. You will never be able to take just one filter and twist it in front of something and cancel it out unless we're talking about Brewster's angle, which is a very specific angle that is unique to the medium. Okay, so we know now that because we were able to turn the filter in front of the telescope that what the sun that we don't see is a thing. It's a thing that exists. And what we can think about as well is the whole idea of the black sun. Like, you know, the song black hole sun, won't you come? You know that song? I think that that those Soundgarden, they might know something that we didn't until now. Now we know too. So, and, and there's, and you can also look like cults of the black sun. And so anyway, there's, I think this goes really deep and I'm prepared to go over the Faraday effect, the Brewster's angle and Bell's theorem, which shows that there's some weird shit where you put a filter on top of a filter and the third filter gives you more light, which shows that light isn't a particle. It only, that only makes sense with wave theory. So anyway, I know I've said a lot right now and I love your, maybe I, maybe I made a mistake at the end. So anyway, what do you think, Carissa? <laughs> James, am I good to go? 
well, we will mention really quick, folks, before you guys do have your open dialogue, our guests are linked in the description. We really appreciate them and want to encourage you. You can check out those links. Also want to let you know if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates to come. And so with that, the floor is all yours. Thank you both for being with us. Thank you so much, James. Um, I had a quick question for you just to kind of clarify your position. So okay. do you feel like NASA is like, do you think they, they know about it and they're just trying to cover it up? Is that your like position on this? Well, we know that there's a thing there and they don't teach us about it. They have to know about it. They mm-hmm. have to. How could they not? $60 million a day? And they don't know. They have to know. Mm-hmm. They have to know. So if they know about it and they're not telling about it, yeah. So lying. what would be the motivation behind them not 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 talking about it? That's such a good question. And this also explains why Crochable 7 has been so incredibly censored, because I think that the lunar wave has something to do with this. And what it does is it proves that the heliocentric model is incorrect. That's why they're hiding it. Gotcha. How much do you know about the heliocentric model and like the history behind it? Are you like familiar with like the three Kepler's three laws of planetary motion? Right. Like, okay. Does that have to do with the three body rule where if like you put a new body into the equation, everything gets messed up? No. Well, to answer your question, I would not say that I am anywhere, uh, near from more as familiar with the heliocentric model as a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. That's good. Um, so just to kind of give a little bit of context, Before we knew about gravity, before we knew about any of this stuff, back in the 1600s or a little actually before that, Copernicus, I'm sure you've heard about him a little bit. Um, He came in and he like tinkered around a little bit with like heliocentrism. Um, He didn't get things right. He had this preconceived idea that everything had to be very circular in the heavens because it was kind of mixed between religious and uh, Aristotelian perspectives, right? Like it was almost be like her, her like no one thought that the, the heavens could not be perfect. So everyone thought that like these circles had to be like perfect circles, that everything had to be moving at the exact same speed all the time. So before him, um, they had a lot of predictions about what we would see in the night sky, right? And the predictions just weren't right. Um, they were right for a while because they had this like weird idea of like spinning spheres, like 10 different spinning spheres and like crystal balls, right? Weird stuff came from Aristotle. He didn't know any better. It was a long time ago, right? So what happened with Copernicus is he developed this model and then eventually it got to Kepler, who was a mathematician, and he was able to develop a model that completely predicted the night sky 100% all the time. And it was based on um, very mathematical um, calculations for ellipses, right? It's not circular, it's elliptical, right? So the thing is, if there is another object where the sun is, number one, you'd see it rotating the sun um, because it would be orbiting it. 
or it would just crash into the sun. <laughs> Those are the two options because there's the closer that something is, it would have to actually be orbiting even faster and faster and faster. And Kepler's model would not be correct, which has been like perfectly correct for over 500, for 400 years. Yeah, I totally hear you. And that's like, the, that's the difficult thing about these debates when there's a disagreement on the fundamental aspects of the model, because I mean, it would, it would be so, I mean, I could just say like, oh, well, I don't accept gravity, which right. is true. And yeah. then we're kind of at a stalemate. Yeah. So um, I do accept your argument as it pertains to the heliocentric model. But since I don't accept the mm -hmm. heliocentric model, I'm imagining this happening on a different plane of a, of a oh, kind of different gotcha. plane of existence and also I don't really know so so because of all of this I don't accept the regular explanation for what a sun is gotcha. um, and the um the sun that we don't see I think okay I think that the sun that we are seeing with our eyes mm -hmm. is actually a reflection of that source sun and okay. the reason I think that and what supports that is because the polarized filter did not put that effect onto the sun that we see with our eyes. It only canceled out the light of the sun that we don't see. And I have a video to share that that actually, so you could see it yourself um, gotcha. duplicated. So I don't know if you if you're if you want to take a look at the footage and then we can talk about it. Yeah. Or well, I do. I have a couple more questions. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think we can talk all of them. Yeah. We can talk just briefly. I don't, James, I don't want you to think like we're going into a flat earth debate or a gravity debate. I promise it's going to wrap around. It's going to orbit around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, how do you explain the moon in a flat earth perspective? Okay. Great question. And the moon is one of the most mysterious things ever. It's like, I keep looking at it. I'm just like, what the hell is that thing? But um, <laughs> I, I think that the sun and the moon are really, really close to us mm -hmm. and that they're circling over and that their, their role has, is kind of, is like, they're playing a role in earth being like a battery. Mm -hmm. And so um, I can show you in a minute, um, I have it. I have it up here on a tab. There's something called the heliospheric current sheet, and by the heliocentric model's explanation of that, they're showing it, but then they're putting like the orbiting planets going mm -hmm. around it. Mm -hmm. But the way I think that it could be instead is that the heliospheric um, current sheet is actually just going over the Earth. And the sun is the source of it, creating that field that's turning and twisting that can affect ham radios and stuff. And that is what is causing the lunar wave. Mm -hmm. So the lunar, if the if Cami Nodell is right about the lunar wave, then that means the moon is some kind of crystalline structure that has biofringent birefringence properties to cause that double refraction of the lunar wave. But the, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like the moon and the night sky in general with like Polaris, are you familiar with, I'm sure you are, the North Polaris, Star, the North star yeah. and then you have a South Star, which is only avail, um, visible from like the Southern Hemisphere, it's same with like the North Star and it doesn't move. And that's how before we knew about telescopes, before we knew about any of this, they were able to tell that the earth was actually round because if you have another for the moon specifically, if you have a moon and if the earth is flat, 
you only see one side of the moon. We don't see the whole side of the moon. So if the earth was flat, you would be getting different vantage points. But since the earth has curved and since the moon rotates at the exact precise angle, angle that it actually, um, it, like the mathematically it works that you only see like 55% of the moon. We, the only way that we saw the other side of it was to actually put a telescope into space and to look at the other side. But like it's absolutely 100% impossible on a flat earth because depending on where you were, especially since we know the earth is so big, you'd be seeing different points in the moon, which we just don't. Well, I think that maybe that would make sense if the moon really was 239,000 miles away. But if we're having the, but if the moon is much closer to us or at a different distance, matter. the angle, the angles will not work. There's literally no way. Like I'm a math, I'm a math major, right? There's literally no way like looking at trig, looking at geometry that you can have a 3d object without seeing different parts of it, unless it's rotating. And if it's like going around an actual circular object, like this is why Throughout history, it was very clear to people, and this wasn't was not even like a debated point that the Earth was spherical. And if the Earth is spherical, that necessitates the need for gravity because, of course, we don't have people falling off the South Pole, right? All right. Well, I don't accept that. I don't accept that that is a valid explanation for what we're seeing. But that's because I haven't looked into the mathematics that you're talking about so mm -hmm. I would be interested in learning like everything about what you just described okay, yeah and so maybe we can talk afterwards and I I don't want to like and also another thing is that there are a lot of flat earthers that totally hate this to topic they think that mm -hmm. this compromises their beliefs about <laughs> the moon and the sun too so this is fucking everybody up like nobody <laughs> nobody's happy about this at all so I mean so so that's what I'm saying is that we have you know new shit has come to light, man. And mm -hmm. I just want to understand it too. So I'm yeah. really glad that you're here to help me yeah. from your perspective too. Because my perspective is if gravity exists, which I feel like is just demonstrable from around earth, then it would be 100% impossible for there to be an an object that's very close to the sun um, because the way that masses work is that it would have to be rotating insanely quickly. Yeah. One of um, Kepler's law of planetary motion is that the closer that you are to the sun, there's a mathematical equation. I don't have it memorized, but the closer you are to the sun, the faster you have to go. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the things that is really interesting is if you look at each of the eight planets, they're 100% consistent and even more interesting the furthest or one of the furthest planets was able to actually be predicted because of how the gravitational pull affected the seventh planet, right? And this was before telescopes. Well, you know what? It was after telescopes, <laughs> but it was before we understood gravity. I think it was a little bit before Newton. Um, it was Galileo a little after him that they they found actually the eighth planet and they were they realized and it was all through prediction right they didn't even know they didn't see the planet or anything but they were able to see how the seventh planet was moving and they were able to predict through the laws of planetary motion the eighth planet so it's like all these it seems like if you have a model 
and that's like how it is with gravity. We don't know exactly how it works. We just don't. But we have this model, we have this idea, and we have like a formula. And every single time we test it, it just works. We find planets, you know, there's like huge things. We send people out into space and it works every single time. I totally hear you. And what I'll respond to that by just saying that we like to call the sky a sky clock. It's like a clock. Mm-hmm. And without any of this modern technology, all of the things that happen to the sky that we can predict are happening on a pattern. It's 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 all predictable yeah. without the use of that. Um, but no, that's not what I'd true. like to do. Yeah, there's been ancient, there's an ancient like contraption that was discovered. Like, I think, I don't know if it was China or somewhere. It was very ancient. And this ancient technology was able to predict all of the luminaries and everything that they do. And it's not based on a heliocentric model. So you're, you're 100% correct that there, there was some prediction that could happen because if you even just clock when events happen, even lunar eclipses, like literally people in like ancient time periods, Mm -hmm. astronomers were beheaded for not predicting things correctly. Predicting astronomy has been around for like a super long time, but that doesn't mean that their model was nearly as foolproof as Kepler's model in 1630. Kepler's model has been able to predict every single thing, like every single star in the sky. Like it's not even like a like it's like foolproof because he has the calculations right. All right. Well, so what I'd like to do is move forward with the conversation. Maybe what we can do is we could agree to disagree on the model and focus on the factual evidence Mm -hmm. of this anomaly. And although we do, in order to understand what it is, we have to have a correct, a foundation of understanding, but since we aren't agreeing on that, maybe we can reverse engineer our thoughts. I can show you the evidence and then you can tell me what you think, because I might be wrong about the conclusion, but we know that we're seeing something. And so I would just love to know what you think. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So the first thing I'm going to do is this has nothing to do with the experiment that we just did. This is just to catch you up on what the, um, what the double sun is before we even did the Faraday. Yeah, for sure. Let's go here. I'm going to share my whole screen and I'm going to go over to this one. Oh wait, I don't even know if, are you going to be able to hear this? Well, we can make it such that we can hear it. So one thing is, if you can do me a favor, go back to the share button, the same green button and click it. Mm-hmm. Oh, share computer sound. So that you'll base, there you go. Got it. All right. I'm just going to fast forward it past Hopefully this Hopefully this isn't a copyrighted video, but. Uh... It's, it's our, uh, it's it's us, so don't worry. You got it. <laughs> All right. Here is my footage. Hydrogen of the double sun by another individual. First footage you're going to see here is my footage. Hydrogen alpha scope with a double stack, a solar max. That is the sun you see with your eyes. Okay, I'm going to pan around here. And that's lens flare, legitimate lens flare that you're seeing there. There's the sun you see with your eyes. And in a second here, I need to go the other way. There's lens flare. There we go. Watch the top. You'll see a little thing go by. Um, This is the first time in the spring of 2016 that I discovered the double sun. There's the sun we see with our eyes. I'm still scanning around. 
I'm going to scan back over and find the other object for the first time. There it is, top of frame. This is the sun we do not see with our eyes. Now, I was afraid to post this for a long time. Uh, you're going to see that it will blur out. I'll mess with focus. I put a huge wrapping paper tube over the end of the Solar Max scope. Um, when you see the disturbance over the face of this, that's what's going on. I'm trying to prove that this isn't lens flare, but all those there right there. Uh, I also take my hand and I do light blocking over the end of the scope, which ironically, the gentleman who I'm about to introduce to you, who you should all go sub, saw this footage way back in 2016 and he replicated what I did, uh, which I'm going to show you here in a minute, which is proof positive. Uh, another individual doing it. Scanning back, there's a little bit of lens flare. There's the real sun that we see with our eyes in the bottom of frame coming back into frame. Now I'm going to load another clip that I shot. I think I did this three or four days in a row um, coming back to try to confirm this. Now here's a new clip. There's the sun you see with your eyes. That is legitimate lens flare right there. Scan out. There's the sun we don't see with our eyes on a new day. I'm confirming it once again. In a minute here, I'm going to load footage from a gentleman called Chris Van Mater, um, who took out equipment and replicated exactly what I did here, which is proof in the pudding. But he did something more. In one of the clips, you're going to see a telephone line going in front of the sun we do not see, which is also proof in itself. Again, there's the sun we see. Here comes Chris's footage. Uh, there's the name of his channel. You should all go up and sub him. There's the sun we see with our eyes. And there's the sun we do not. That noise is because this is a rip of a rip. Um, we'll have better footage of this as we move along. But there is this. He is confirming uh, in the same spot, in the same year, in spring, uh, what I did. Here comes another clip by Chris on a new day. There is the sun we do not see with our eyes with a telephone wire uh, in his field of view. When he scans back over to the regular sun, it's not there. There's the sun we see with our eyes. And again, we're back to my footage here. Um, there's the sun we see. There's the sun we do not see um, without a Hydra Alpha, Alpha scope with a double stack or a full spectrum camera. I will say that it is my contention this second object can be detected in visual spectrum with just normal tools at sunrise and sunset. Here comes the sun we see. So as we warm up here, I'm going to be pairing off with some people to do more work on the sun here. But there are... All right, so that was the original footage that we shared back then. And then we also have here... Whoopsies. Alpha scope. We also have... Okay, wait, that one I'm not going to show, James, because I don't want to um, do the, uh, I don't know if there's a copyright thing, but let's see here. Let me get rid of this. We um, could show also the video without the audio, and I think we'll actually be okay without infringing on any copyright, if you want. Oh, okay. Let's see here. Um, I got to get my emails behind the thingy. That's Bell's theorem. Uh, okay, so right here, no sound necessary yeah. here. I'm just going to um, move it over to, this is the experiment live that was live streamed. That's Chris Van Maitre. Uh, good times for all. Zach, he um, filmed it, or live streamed it. So that's him bringing it into view. That looks like it's probably the sun that we don't see right there. And then let's see where they when they get the polarized filter in front of it. 
should have got the type stamp. Oh. Alright, let's see if we get it there. And I'm going to post all of the, I can send you all of these links or anyone who wants to contact me, I'll send you all the links so you could look at all of these videos in detail and hear the audio. I should have gotten the timestamp, guys. Sorry. Hmm. Well, how about this? Well, okay. Wait, what? Here, I'll, I'll send you the link, and you'll see that this is like a seventeen-minute video, and I don't want to waste too much time. But let me just play you the um, "It Recreated" by Zach. Let's see where is that? Oh, this freaking um, thing. Oh, here, let me just do this. How's that? I'll stall for you. Folks, I want to remind you that our guests are linked in the description. We really do appreciate our guests. And their links are also linked in the description. If you are listening to this via podcast, as we are very excited, Modern Day Debate is on podcast as well now. All right, here we go. Man. Yeah, right. Some good times for all. There's yep. Zachary Zabala here if you prefer. Today's video, we're going to take a look at polarized light and reflections. We have our camera here pointed at our original light source, which is a flashlight, and our reflection, which is a hemispherical lens. As you can see, we can see both reflections in the camera. I'm going to go ahead and start this recording now. And you should see the other video up in the corner of the picture. So we will take one of our Polaroid filters here. And these are kind of scratched up here folks we've been playing a lot with them but as you can see nor here or here when I put it in front of the camera and rotate it nothing really happens one Polaroid filter doesn't do much to the light source what I found was very interesting though when I cover the original light source and grab the other filter, I come back here and look, and as I put it in front of this, the camera, you'll see here, watch this. You can block out the original light source, but the reflection still remains just as bright. So the original light source is gone, but the reflection is just as bright as it's ever been. You cannot block Polaroid light's reflection. I can put it up here and you'll see. See, the reflection stays nice and bright, but that the background, there has to be a Polaroid filter over that original light. And just because there is, doesn't mean that the second source will be blocked out by it. I just want to make a really um, quick point here, which is that when there are a lot of flat earthers that are talking about, well, how come it, it's not that the firmament 
is polarized. Well, when we're taking the polarized filter in front of the tele telescope, it's only that point of light that's being blocked out. Otherwise, it would be the whole screen that would do it if it was like across the sky. A single filter. We would, we would need an additional filter to block out the reflected light over the reflected light itself. See, if I were to take this and lay it over this, now that's now that one disappears. And that's what happened to the sun. It is gone. The the sun that we don't see. What is that thing? We have to figure this out, Curse. So it all has <laughs> to do with a Polaroid. All right. So do you have any any ideas to share about that so far? I mean, I do. I feel like what was really interesting, and I think it was the first video that you showed, um, he was talking about how it was visible with just your regular like telescopes and stuff. But the number of amateur astronomers that are out all the time looking at like the sky. Um, also, it's not just NASA. Every single, that's another thing I had wanted to ask you about. Every single like at least developed country has like a space organization. So there's something, there's like a mathematical, another mathematical situation that if there's like a, a conspiracy, right? It's really hard for the vast majority of people mathematically to be able to cover it up and keep covering it up, right? It's like mathematically impossible, especially when you have language barriers, especially when you have all of these situations, um, like international stuff, if there's not a de definite reason to, like you either have to think that like all astronomers are these just terrible people who just want to like just be like terrible to everyone and lie to them along with like all of the mathematical models that have worked for like 500 years. Like, I'm not saying that there's, I think it's a little sketchy, right? That like those lights could have just been turned off manually, right? We don't know. We didn't know like on the other side what was happening. We don't know what the power source was, right? There are many explanations to that. But what we also see is we just don't see any actual astronomers, pl plethora of astronomers who this is this, their actual job. None of them are seeing it. And it's a little odd that like one guy who has a lot to monetize off of this is making videos on it that seem a little bit sketchy, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it's Crow and then Chris Van Matre. And then also there's a couple of other videos going around where like three hours into this, like eight hour video, there was this guy that, and I, I'm sorry, I don't have it, but I just, yeah. because you, because part of your argument is that it was just one guy, I just want to let you know that there are other videos with other astronomers and they're just like, oh yeah, everyone knows that there's a double sun, you know, like, and they'll just like say it offhand. It's like, wait, what? Wait, wait, there's other people that know about this? What? And, um, so and and by the way and also my my feeling I and I can't prove this but I am of the opinion that yes all of the space agencies are in on it like I I think that like Trump and Hillary are probably like best friends who go to lunch together you know like I definitely think that it's all the world's a stage and I was talking to Cami um, earlier today and and it's something that I I really was thinking about was all of the amateur astronomers and all of the good people who have been compartmentalized into like focusing on their one job and doing this one thing. And, and they're just the, the heliocentric model. The reason 
why it works so well is because it's like putting all of these good people who want to know the truth into like a prison of their mind where they're stuck in this like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, like fantasy world where everything's spinning and crazy. And then they can't take the time to try and figure out what's really going on and what the true nature of reality. Well, I mean, you, you have, so there's plenty of like websites and stuff, right. That they actually predict like Sterellium is actually one of them. Stellarium. Yeah. Yeah. Stellarium. It actually like predicts exactly where the stars are going to be using like the mathematical algorithm and the models that we have. And if you go out and actually look, that's where the stars are. I think it's a little weird to think that like all these like amateur astronomers are just like in a delusion when this has been going on for like centuries, right? And and not only did we just like, did we track the star's movement after Kepler developed his like model and everything, we tracked previous and historical um, tracking of the stars as well. So we have like a really long history of being correct on this. Also, like people are asking me in chat, I wanted to address, address it really quick. People are asking me why I'm not actually just like addressing the specific like evidence, but my That's not thing, fair because you're just learning about it right now. We're working through it, guys. Be right. patient. Let her tool up. Well, and that's the thing is like evidence, right? Can can be doctored when it's coming from YouTube, but what we know is hundreds and hundreds of years of laws and gravitation and like science that has just repeatedly come through so that's why they become laws it's not just like theory the theory versus law thing is very arbitrary right so yeah it's, I, I, don't know I agree with you completely that it actually makes me so happy to hear you just not trust what you see on the screen because that's what I'm trying yeah. to get everyone to do I'm trying <laughs> to get everyone to not trust what they see on their televisions or even if someone really nice like me who smiles a lot shows you something that doesn't mean that it I didn't you know screw it up or do something to it yeah. what I want to what this is what I want from this Tonight, I want there to be people out there that get their own hydrogen alpha telescopes with double stacks and Polaroid filters. And let's all try to do this. I mean, Chris Van Maitre did it from Colorado, uh, Houston, and South Carolina. Crow did it from, uh, actually, he did it from San Diego because now, but now he's in Rhode Island. So we just need more people collecting the footage and comparing the results. That's the only way that I think that this can be done because trusting each other, it's not working for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I think that's, I think we need to really rely on empirical data. We need to rely on the fact. Well, that, let me ask you this when it comes, cause I'm, I'm really curious about this. What do you think causes like apples to drop or things to float like that type of thing? Okay. So a lot of people say that it's just, um, density and buoyancy, but I don't think it's just that. And that's another thing that people will disagree about in the flat earth community. Because why is everything going in this direction? Yes, the heavier things are going in a direction, but why is it going down? So there's a downward thing going on that we don't know, like flat earthers and the heliocentric people can't really explain. But I think it's important to note that the heliocentric people do say that gravity is not a force, but an effect, right? Mm -mm, no, it's a force. A force has to be a vector with magnitude and um, direction, right? So that's how actually orbits work is that every single time 
that we're like rotating around the sun, we're actually falling into the sun. And there's two vectors. There's a force of our motion forward and there's a force toward the sun. And what happens is that um, the vector kind of takes the middle of the road approach, which makes it go kind of diagonally between those two arrows or vectors. And that's what causes is the rotation. So for example, if I took a football, you know, if I throw a football, it arcs. If I threw it hard enough, high enough, it actually would start orbiting because it would keep on that force. You know, of course, there's a law of things that are in motions tend to stay in motion unless there's a force acted against that. So if it goes out of the, the, the atmosphere and everything, it's going to keep on going. Um, okay, wait, but can I just read this thing? It's a, So I just typed in the address bar is gravity a force or an effect because I seriously am confused by this now and what it came up with is in general general relativity gravity is not a force between masses instead gravity is an effect of the warping of space and time in the presence of mass without a force acting upon it an object will still move in a straight line correct without a force acting upon it an object will continue to move gravity is a force therefore if we throw something up it comes back down but isn't this paragraph saying that it's not a it force between be like masses? Some type it's an of effect. relativity, but if you actually look in like the this physics definition, regular definition of gravity, um, it's going to tell you it's a force. Like I took physics, it's definitely a force. It's considered a force. Um, yeah. So, right. so wait, do you have do you have it? So with physics and stuff, how would you explain? Like, let we have to like just pretend that you are going to accept the footage. Like, if the footage is correct, mm-hmm. if there's if the polarized filter is blocking out the light coming from somewhere, how would how would you explain that other than whatever that thing is having its own electromagnetic field or its own polarized filter in front of it, which so is impossible? That's the thing is I don't actually really that's why I don't buy it because we have the wavelengths of light. We have a very small um, part of the wavelengths that are actually visible and beyond that there's gamma rays there's radio waves there are um, x-rays there's a ton of different rays um, that are actually able still to be trackable we have telescopes in space right now that are actually gathering these types of light on the spectrum right and it's not it's not it's a continuous spectrum it's not like it's broken up and so there might be room for other type of light so we know how to document all this type of light we know how to do of course the visible light we have that's how we get radio radio signal is not a sound it's a light and a lot of people don't understand don't know that but there's like a lot of different types of the wave just like yeah. Dr. Russell said and that's the thing is, I don't. I know you mentioned before, like light is actually a particle because it can, it can come through. No, I'm saying light isn't a particle, it's a wave. It has to be a particle because waves cannot travel through a vacuum, just if they're that's, waves. Okay, so now I understand why you would think that. I don't believe in this vacuum of space. So that's why our debate is so mm-hmm. difficult because you don't accept the footage and I don't accept the heliocentric model. So why so don't I mean, you believe in the We're kind of at an impasse. <laughs> <laughs> why? Okay. So if you don't believe in density and if you don't... Well, oh, no, I do believe in density, believe in density and buoyancy and I do believe that things are going down, but I also am willing to admit that I just don't know right. why it's going so down. Why are you opposed to gravity if things are going down? Like, isn't that... 
Well, okay. You know what? That That is a good question because I really should be able to disprove gravity before I throw it out the window. But my source of, of not accepting gravity comes from the personal observation that I did that caused me to be a flat earther and not and not think that we're on a spinning ball because gotcha. when I was able to zoom in on the Superdome from 33.5 miles away when according to the curvature calculator, <laughs> the dome, the, the roof of the dome should have been hidden by the supposed geometric horizon. I am going to do you a favor and convert you back to a heliocentric model because what you heard is actually incorrect. I know where this comes from. It comes from zetetric or zetetic astronomy. And the formula that you have is eight inches per mile squared. and Which fact, is equal to Sagitta up to a thousand miles. But that is not the correct calculation for the earth. It is the calculation for a parabola and the earth is not shaped in a parabola. The correct calculation is R minus R cosine of S divided by two R. And but doesn't the R stand for the radius? And we've only drilled like up to eight miles. We have no proof of the earth's radius. So we can't use the That's standard. Actually false. We actually can tell the earth's radius because we can tell um, um, earthquakes help us because waves go through the earth and we can, they actually come out the other side. So we can track and we can tell the fact the very center of the earth, the core is solid right above that is actually liquid. And then it turns into like a, a kind of a rock, but that's why you can, it's so interesting. You should look into this when there is an earthquake on the other side of the world, they pick it up. They pick up the earthquake. Now you wouldn't be able to actually feel it, but they have, and you can even create these on your own. And I agree with you. We should be practicing this, practicing the science on their own, but they can actually have seismographs that you can create in your house and you can detect earthquakes on the other side of the world because they shoot through the earth at the correct angles um, where the fault is that causes the earthquake. And you can actually, it's a wave, so it goes through. And they can detect, go ahead, go ahead. How do you know for sure from like in, from the confines of your own mind, if you're just like pretending, if you're putting yourself into like a childlike place where you just don't know anything, how would one know that it's actually the waves going through the planet, the spherical planet to the other side and not just flying over the flat plane, like to the other side and detecting it over there? It's a good question. It doesn't, um, it's much more prominent on the other side rather than like the sides because it was flying over then it wouldn't it would affect everything that it was flying over right it's not like it's going to pop over and just land it's a wave and it is caused within the earth so it's like a ripple effect and it goes through the entire like so with earthquakes you have a fault and what happens is you have two plates that keep have like tension and it like kind of bends slightly because the rocks are really, 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 really hot. So they're a little bit more malleable than what, you know, what we experience on the crust of the earth. Right. And so finally that, that pressure has to give and that sends the ripple effect through the entire world. And you can actually test it because there's many different types of, of waves. There's like S waves. There's plenty of waves that um, some of them actually travel through the earth. Some don't. Um, and those are some defining factors of those waves and we can figure out how those waves travel and there's a ton of science behind it. But like, 
There's just so many. And that's the thing. It's like, if I feel like if I can only convince you that there's gravity, which I feel like you're almost there because you see that like density and buoyancy, they don't have directions. They're not vectors. They aren't forces. They're just mass, right? So I feel like if you are seeing everything coming down, you know, there has to be a force. And if you, this, the equation that you gave me is not right mathematically. It's not, it's a parallel, it's a parabola. Um, well, parabola is like is something that goes like this mm-hmm. or like this or like this, and so this is this was my understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. is that the that the eight inches per mile squared is a way to calculate up to a thousand miles. Then it's the top part. You know what I mean? So the parabola yeah. is the top part of it, and so this part, if you put a sphere next to the parabola, that line would be identical. It's or not. close enough with the trick. Okay. The well, thing. I don't have the, I don't have, yeah. like, look I'm it. going to look into it. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. literally no parabolas that are going to have a semicircle on the top of them. Okay. No, okay. you know what? As I'm, as you're saying that, I am imagining it. Yeah. And so anyway, um, for me, I still don't think that it would be possible to see what I saw on a, on a curvature model. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there a way that you can take the correct equation mm-hmm. and plug in my data points and then you tell me if I was supposed to see it or not? Yes, I can do that. Let's see. And so, we, maybe we can do like a couple of different situations. Like if the camera was five feet off the water or 10 feet off the water, and then we can pretend that the Superdome was 30 miles away instead of 33.5, or we can be very generous to the globe and call it 24 yeah. miles, which is the length of Lake, the length of uh, Lake Pontchartrain. We could do that. Yeah. Um, I've never actually worked with this formula before. <laughs> so I'm assuming that the radius is actually talking about the radius of the earth. Um, the radius of the earth is going to be 6,378 kilometers. Since we're American, let's find it in miles to mix it up. So that's 3,958.8 miles. Let's plug it into sheets. All right. Because sheets actually has a nice um, thing for like calculation of trig stuff, right? So if we have R cosine, if we know that R is, what do we see? All right, I think I, let's see here. I'm sorry. No, oh my gosh, this is so cool that you're even, like I have so much ADD and, I, and I'm so impatient that I would not be capable of doing this on the air right now. So just take your time. And I also just looked at all the comments for the first time and I just wanna say hi to everyone and how much I appreciate everyone's kindness. And also, uh, no, I can't math right now. Someone asked if I can't can math right now. No, I cannot math at this time, like I said. I wouldn't be able to do that on the air. I would need like time to focus. So not we are here to learn. <laughs> I'm not just- sure what want to take this moment to remind you folks that our guests are linked in the description. We really do appreciate our guests. And so whether you're listening via YouTube or 
via podcast. All these podcasts that you see right here on the bottom right of your screen, we want to let you know you can find their links, both Rose's and Carissa's, in the description below. And also, thank you very much, by the way, Rose and Carissa. I have been excited as there's just been a ton of positive feedback in the chat. And so, people, it's uh, we're thrilled to have you here, folks, and want to let you know we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. And we want to let you know, no matter what walk of life you are from, for real, folks, Christian, atheist, Democrat, Republican, Flat Earth, Globe Earth, you name it. We hope you feel welcome here, and we're glad you're here. Thank you, James. I love your platform, too. And this is great. And it's just it's so much fun just to interact with with different people with different ideas. And oh, while you're doing that, Krista, do you want me to show you another little um, video to demonstrate the Faraday effect? I won't do sound and I'll just like run it. Go silently. for it. I'm still trying to figure out what the S stands for. I probably should have done, done that before. <laughs> without, um, without the uh, sound is okay, James? You okay. already showed that one. Here we go. So it is a magneto-optic effect which shows the interaction between light and magnetic field in a medium. It causes rotation of the plane. Oops, I missed the last part. The electromagnet is equipped with an analyzer left and the other with a polarizer right. I love how official he looks with that apron and the gloves. And then he's got his, his friend there and she's gonna pull a lever and it's gonna like make, it's gonna shift things so it creates that polarizing effect and the light's gonna go out. There's the light, and as he's turning around, that's the that's the effect of the polarization that's making it go out. So there's that. I mean, How are you doing, say, I want to go ahead. I'll email you about this because I want to actually make sure I. I did find what I did 100% find is that this, of course, the x is equal to r cosine of you know the variable is the equation of a circle. I'm just not 100% sure what the S stands for, but I'm gonna do research on that and I'll let you know. Okay, um, cool. I would love, maybe like if you wanna ever come on my channel sometime and we can just like do math together, you could just give me like a, a lesson in math. Um, it's been forever since I took math. <laughs> I haven't taken math since college. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think the, the biggest thing though to is the, are you going to trust the, because even like regardless, it's going to be a circular equation. And I feel like the fact that you were given the wrong equation might cast a little bit of doubt in your mind. Do you feel like that does? 
Well, okay. I think that the, I, I mean, I also need to go back and, and look at all of this board too, but the way yeah. I saw it was that the, the eight inches per mile squared was the acceptable equation that can be done to calculate up to a thousand miles, whether or not you should be seeing something. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I went to the website that said earth curve calculators and mm-hmm. I plugged in the information and it said Mm -hmm. that something that was 237 feet tall, which is the roof of the the Superdome, should have been hidden by the geometric horizon by hundreds of feet. So that was what got me onto this path. And there's a lot of other reasons why, but I really like to only, you know, talk about my own firsthand observations. But is there anything that, that can come to your mind that you could say to explain? I mean, I know you say you don't accept the footage, but like if the footage was real, just mm-hmm. like you saw in the demonstration that Zach did. Yeah. I mean, How would you explain that? I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure just because like there, it could be so many things like even in astronomical history, we, they thought that galaxies that we were seeing in the skies were actually solar systems within our galaxy. Right. So there's things that we see that like they look a certain way but they aren't that way actually aristotle who was the first like recognized astronomer right even though he got a lot of stuff wrong one thing that he really nailed on was that i our eyes deceive us sometimes and that we should trust our reason right and to an extent, I feel like that's true. And I think that's, we need to be skeptical of stuff, right? Um, but at the same time, we need to have things tested and tested and tested for it to actually be taken seriously, right? And that's where I feel like, number one, it's not lining up with any of the mathematical evidence. Number two, like, yeah, it's a little weird, but at the same time, so are many things in reality that yeah. later become explainable. Yeah. I mean, it's that it, it seems magical, but I know that there's an ex- explanation that there once is, we yeah. get it, then it will, will totally make sense. Just like the lunar wave. I always thought that that was like such a magical looking thing. Have you ever seen the lunar wave? Do you know what it is? No, I haven't heard of that. No. Okay. Let me show it to you. Um, and this is like, it, it's crazy here. Let me just show it to you. Uh, share screen. All right. Do you see the the moon there? Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. I've got too many windows up here. Did you know you can actually see the spacecraft on the moon that like landed? Because we couldn't take the you know the whole thing back. You can actually see the remnants of the spacecraft if you zoom in close enough to the moon. Isn't that crazy? I don't accept that. I haven't seen proof of that. If you have proof of it, send it over to me because I want to sure. see. Uh, please do. Pictures. Yeah, because that's that's what we want to do. We want to try and get in front of a telescope that's big enough for like, because I don't think that a consumer, there's a guy named Bruce Cizal. I think he's got a 14 inch telescope and that isn't able to zoom in. So you must be referring to some kind of telescope that's owned by people I don't trust, but that's okay. So I want to see what you're talking about. Would you only not trust NASA or you said you trust, you don't trust any of the country's space agents? No, I don't trust any authority figure that has anything to do with war or slavery or the dumbing down of human any any government that is telling people to suffocate themselves while they walk through a door but then they can sit down in a restaurant and then take it off and be next to people i don't trust those motherfuckers but anyway let's uh let's look here i want you to really 
zone. Okay. The first time that my boyfriend sent me this, I told him that I saw it and that it was really cool, but I actually had no freaking clue what I was looking at because I was looking for like a black UFO. But what we're looking at here is a, there are these two like waves that are going up above the moon and they look to me, they look digital, but to other people who have like a lot of experience with optics and polarized light, they say it looks really natural. And so people will say, crow, this is just your equipment being messed up. Uh, It's a mistake within your equipment and stuff. But the camera pan, just like with the hydrogen alpha telescope and the double sun, he accidentally, it's just providence that this happened. He panned his camera down. And when he panned the camera back up again, the lunar wave caught up to the camera. So here we go. So it's going to happen any second. All right, now he's gonna go down. Wait, here we go. Now down, see see it going up? He passed it, now (laughs) it's gonna catch up. There it is, it's going. That's the first wave. I'm pointing at my screen and no one can see my arms. I can actually explain this one. And then here's the other one. Don't tell me it's an airplane uh, coming out the butt of an airplane. No. Okay, what do you think it is? Are you familiar with the term of seeing? for astronomy yeah so i'll just kind of explain it for the audience a little bit so seeing is what happens when you have an atmosphere right and we all know wind we know atmospheric um situations that make it actually difficult to see things in space because there's a lot of like activity happening in the atmosphere there's like a lot of wind and there's movement it's actually called it's called seeing and what happens with that is that it makes things like a little bit um like a little bit blurry or actually even move it looks like these things are moving and what what astronomers try to do to mitigate those factors is they go to like really tall mountains and where like the atmosphere is really, really, really thin, and that helps. Another way is to actually go and send send it into space because the seeing, of course, there's no atmosphere in space, right? So the seeing is a lot better in space or on really, really tall mountains. Because what you could be having is you could have number one, I feel like that looks just like a film. I don't really either that I'm not really familiar with looking into a ton of, of telescopes. So it could be like just something that's a little doctored or that could actually be like some type of weather front coming in with like wind that creates a weird visual effect. Um, it's very common. Um, and if you look at literally any like naked eye astronomy page, they will tell you how to mitigate the factors of of like a bad seeing situation. But then how do you explain the camera pan and it catching up to the camera? So I would understand if without the camera pan, I would be like, I don't know, man. But with the camera pan, it starts, the camera goes down and up again, and then it catches up to it. So that's why I think it's a natural occurrence. And then um, when we're, like I was saying with the the heliospheric current sheet, and you were talking about ham, you were talking about radio waves and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you let me just, just stop that. Um, 
So wait, hold on, let me just show you the, let me show, for, I mean, you probably know what this looks like, but I'm going to just do it for uh, everyone else who may not be familiar with it. Okay, so here's the heliospheric current sheet. And I was telling you before, like in this picture, it looks like these petals, but they have this orbital model in it. So they're aware of this thing existing and they're applying it to the solar system model here. But I'm going to say that it's actually the, okay, the spirit sun, the source sun is creating this helios, the heliospheric current sheet in these fields. And then the moon, as it's moving across the plane, it's passing through and interacting with this field and cause and it and it's it's made out of some crystalline structure that's birefringent and so it's creating that double refraction as it's moving through and that's just a theory I have no idea if that's what's actually going on but I was just trying to brainstorm uh and then Cam, this is Cammy's idea that she's brainstorming how like what the lunar wave is in relation to this so I think that all, there's like three things going on up there and uh yeah and it, it, like you said it can't work with the heliocentric model. And that's why they would be wanting to cover it up because it proves that their whole story is wrong. Gotcha. Um, would you say that if given gravity was in existence, given the earth was round, would you say that the second moon would be impossible? Oh, Yes, I will concede that if gravity was real and if the heliocentric model was correct, then this could not be possible. But since we're seeing it with our eyes and we know that it's real because of this, given that the footage is real, I know you don't accept that, but in my my reality, I, I am living and experiencing this is like my whole entire life and I know that it's real. So that's how now I know that the heliocentric model is incorrect. Because uh, I you've know been that there's a thing there. Your entire life? What? I said, this is my life. This is my oh, entire life right now. This gotcha. is like what I'm focused on. This is my my passion. Do you feel like since it, you're so invested in it, do you feel like that might be clouding your perspective on seeing new information and changing your mind? Totally could be. Totally. And that's why I'm here is because I don't want to just talk to people that agree with me no matter what I say. I want to hear, I like, and I know everyone in the chat was like, why isn't she like actually addressing the evidence and stuff? Well, this is your first time being presented with this. So <laughs> I know that you're going to hopefully, I hope that you go back to your astronomy teacher and just be like, what the hell do I say to this crazy lady? You know, and then I'm going to learn something no matter what about what he thinks and then what you right. think. And we're, there's nothing that can occur other than all of us learning more in studying this footage and what's going on. Yeah. So, and also, if you can agree with me that kitties mm -hmm. are cute, we can still be best <laughs> friends forever no matter what. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I definitely think kids are cute. I do feel like I think I 100% agree with you that given gravity and given a heliocentric or even even just like the earth being round right i feel like this would be impossible so that's why i'm kind of trying to be like it just doesn't seem and i understand like of course you're not going to be you're you have a lot of stuff to look into but i don't see like a huge convincer that gravity isn't real right and i don't see a huge convincer that 
heliocentric model isn't real. So with those two things, it's a little hard for me since to me, those are laws of science, laws of nature. It's a little weird for me to be like, hey, there could be a a second moon, right? Because it's just like, there's so many things. If I look through a telescope, I can see something that's literally insane. And then I realize it's my eyelash, right? Like there's so many things with telescopes too that are so temperamental. Lab, the lab in a chemistry class that was my eyelash in the microscope. I'm like, oh my God, there's a spider in the petri dish. (laughs) 100%. So you understand. And that's where, where I feel like once we establish those two more foundational things that you, you know, also thought were foundational, I feel like the, the theory of a second sun kind of just literally flies out the window. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, this is where we are. And uh, like in the same way that I totally am like interested in in trying to learn more about this, I know that there are so many other people out there. And so for anyone out there who thought that that was interesting and want to look into it more, just please like join us on the path to freedom and understanding from the, you know, the chains of slavery that are being put upon us by these government organizations who lie. So that's my spiel. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got. (laughs) Juicy. And Carissa, unless you have anything else, we can jump into Q&A. I do. I want to make a tiny little closing statement. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's important to realize that there were a lot of statements here, a lot of questions here. I think both of us can look into more. But we have hundreds and hundreds of years of data that back up the heliocentric model that back up like, every single movement in like the stars, how it works, has all been documented even before we knew about gravity. Um, people knew that the Earth was round years, like thousands of years ago. Like this, this was figured out because of how the stars worked, how you can't see the northern star from the southern hemisphere and vice versa. There's many, many different aspects that just don't make sense about a flat earth. There are many different aspects that don't make sense about there not being gravity. And given those two foundational things, a second sun could not exist because when there is gravity and when things are very close in, um, close together, you're going to see a ton, either a ton of orbiting or you're going to see collision. Um, and given the fact that we don't see either of those things, the theory while it might be puzzling, cannot be taken seriously. And that's all I have. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate your thoughts and taking the time to to hear me out. Oh, for sure. Thank you. This was a really good talk, for sure. Juicy. We appreciate you both and want to let you know, folks, both Rose and Carissa are linked in the description so that you can hear plenty more where that came from, as well as want to let you know, folks, if you look at the bottom right of your screen, we are stoked for this Friday's upcoming debate, the Book of Daniel prophecy or forgery. You don't want to miss it, folks. So if you enjoy juicy debates, which you must if you're still here, we'll hit that subscribe button and that notification bell so you don't miss this Friday's epic debate on the book of Daniel. So that should be a lot of fun. And we're going to jump into these questions. Two moments as I've got a loading computer over here. But (laughs) yeah, we are absolutely stoked as it'll be Jim Majors and Dr. Josh taking on Jonathan Sheffield and Dr. Boyce this Friday for that 
Book of Daniel debate. And so two moments as this loads up. Thanks for your patience. We've got a lot of questions, so we're going to move fast. Appreciate your super sticker as well. Thanks so much. We appreciate that coming in from... Got, I've got a challenge over here. Two moments. We're almost there. Thank you very <laughs> much, Band for Life, for your super sticker. And Magellan says, this is some interesting content. Stephen Steen, thank you very much. Says, every time I drink too much, I see two sons as well. And Sigma, <laughs> any, thank you for your, your super chat. Says, prediction, I will be incapacitated with laughter. Let's see. We'll check in later to confirm. Hey, but if he has a hydrogen alpha telescope, then he'll see four. You see, I like it. And Flat Earth Guy says, I support this channel. Thank you, Flat Earth Guy, for your support. We do appreciate that. And Kay Fellows throws her hat into the ring, says, no skin in this debate. Just here to simp for Carissa. Oh, hi, Kay. (laughs) You're loved. P. Barnes, thanks for your questions or comment. Says, I saw a two-part documentary a while ago where a horrible power plant owner tried to hide the sun. Everyone in town was a suspect when he ended up getting shot. Turned out it was a baby who did it. You guys know what reference that is? It's, they're no. referencing The Simpsons. That's funny. Colin Dresser. <laughs> they're messing with you. Colin Dresser, thanks for your super sticker. Uh, Jay says, roll that footage, please. And thank you. P.S. History is a lie agreed upon. Yes. Juicy. <laughs> and Sigvani says only two suns and one moon unbalanced system learn a bit about the reality of the three sun model or show mm-hmm. how the firmament is balanced with only two cool me i want to hear more about that <laughs> next up the batman says thanks for giving this and flat earth a fair platform james it's our pleasure we hope you feel welcome here thank you and infinity split duh 456 says James, blink twice over the next minute if you are a flat earther. Thank you. <laughs> Mark Reed, thank you for your questions at Rose. Why do none of these things done by amateurs ever get replicated in controlled laboratory conditions? Or do you think that everyone is just lying? I think that all of the positions of authority, the government agencies, I think they're all lying. And I think that we can, now that we have this information, we are going to be duplicating this in a controlled environment. We are going to be playing around with this and getting data points. And I mean, I wish I could explain everything that they're going to be doing, but Cammy and Bob and Chris Van Matre and Crow are heavily invested in putting a lot of energy towards learning more. And just remember, this experiment just happened a few weeks weeks ago and so we're all scrambling to gather data and so just stay tuned and we'll have more to share i hope you got it and this one from anthony dickinson says what do stars and so-called gravity have to do with a dark or second sun so that was from earlier in the debate i can tell you that so stars prove that the earth is round because you cannot see polaris from the southern hemisphere and vice versa you also see when you stand on this on the northern hemisphere the um stars right above you literally just um which shows that there is an axis in fact um so that proves that the earth is round which contributes to the heliocentric model 
gravity has to do with how large a massive, literally massive objects in space interact with each other. The reason orbits work is because of gravity and they are necessitated to continue because no other force um, is being, um, I guess, exerted upon them other than their accelerate or not like the force that put them into motion as well as the gravitational force. So that explains orbiting. Therefore, if there are two very close objects together, um, they would be gravitationally attracted to each other, which means that they would either collide and things would be very, very, very bad for humans, <laughs> or they would be rotating around or revolving around each other. Um, those are literally the only two options given a heliocentric model and given gravity. But I'm going to I'm going to challenge that the luminaries are what they say they are, and that and I'm going to challenge that they're at the distances, and that we can see that what we are seeing in the sky would make sense if all of those luminaries were closer to Earth. I can I actually respond to that really? Fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So actually, are you familiar with who Tychus, or I think his name is, yeah, Tychus was. He was the guy before. There's a crater him. called Tychus on the moon, right? <laughs> There's a Tychus crater. I might have been named after him. Um, oh. It was the guy before Kepler. And he was not very important, except he had really good observational skills, right? So he would be able to look up into the stars and track everything really well. One thing he realized was that um, he saw something new in the night sky and he realized there's something called, I forget exactly what it's called. I should know this. Um, but if you like put your finger up to the sky and, you know, if you close one eye, close the other eye, your finger is going to move, right? If something is close enough, if you close one eye and close the other eye, the star and like, really, really far, or actually not too far out will move, um, in relation to that. And that's how he realized that this new object in the sky was actually further than the moon, because even with the moon, if you close one eye, close the other eye, it's going to move. And that actually has to do with distance in the sky. And they were able to figure out and kind of estimate how far things were like hundreds and hundreds of years ago, because of that like little trick, right? So if things were a lot closer, we would actually be able to do that. Since they are so far away, you can't. That's all I have to say. Okay, cool. I'll have to look what that word, I can actually look for it during the rest of the Q&A and I'll let you know, but go ahead. Are you familiar with the, and, and I cannot, I am not uh, well-versed in this enough for me to make this as part of my argument, but I'm just curious to know if you're familiar with like redshift and blue shift with magnetism. No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have to really brush up on this and then run this by you as well, because supposedly yeah. that idea is something that can be used to disprove astronomy in general, because that idea, they, they talk about it in regards to like a Doppler effect of, of like the star's moving away from us. I'm probably butchering this, but anyway, we should definitely come back and talk about astronomy in general. And then I can brush up and try to challenge your points better. Yeah, for sure. 
Juicy Ann, thank you very much for this question. Coming in from Anthony Dickinson again says, what do start? Oh, we actually got that one in. Colin Dresser says, Scientific American did a recent article on how Einstein is next in regards to the quote-unquote theory on gravity as it is not defined, Carissa. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? You bet. I'm it's bad. frankly, I'm still like, I'm like, is there a missing comma? I'm trying to figure out what it's is exactly saying. They say <laughs> Scientific American did a recent article on how Einstein is next in regards to the quote unquote theory of gravity as it is not defined. I think they're saying gravity so, is not defined. The thing with gravity. So, okay. There's not like a law when it comes to theories versus laws scientifically it's a gray it's like a gray area um just because something is a theory doesn't mean it has not been proven um that's a really common like misconception um in some of the scientific community um that other people in the scientific community get mad about (laughs) um but anyways um yeah it doesn't really that doesn't really mean anything uh, just to say it's called parallax. Gotcha. What I was talking about with the changing. And thank you very much. This one also, thank you for your question, Sigma. And he said, three suns required to cancel atmospheric tidal waves. Is that true? <laughs> Wits it gets it says, your side claims gravity isn't a force since 1915, Carissa. Gravity is considered a force. And all intents and purposes, whether it's like technically a force in like quantum physics, I'm not 100% sure, but it's considered a force because it's a vector that has magnitude and direction. Therefore, we can treat it as one. <laughs> gotcha. And wits it gets it. Hope you're well out there. Anamorphic Mind says, flat earthers can't perspective. <laughs> I'm confused. Amy Newman I think says, yeah. go ahead, Rose. I, I know what you mean, but I just don't agree with you. <laughs> Next up, Amy Newman says, after show at my channel for Carissa, by the way, I linked Amy Newman in, I think it's pinned at the top of the chat, and I will throw that after show link in the description. want to let you know, no matter what side of the debate you take, folks, we are willing to link after shows. So for real, no matter what position you take on this topic, let me know and I can link an after show. Next up, Amy Newman says, question for Carissa. Of what tangible benefit do the world's the world governments have for blocking out a sun? Seems like a waste of time and money. Or I guess that would more so be for Rose. Well, I, like I said before, I think that when you have all of these amazing minds, like look at Carissa, you are extremely intelligent. You are a beautiful soul. So let's just say I'm right, right? Let's say I'm right and they're lying about this. Now you are wasting all of this money and time going to a higher education where they're teaching you something wrong and your mind is going to be focused on lies when what you could be doing is you know focusing on discovering the true nature of reality and and my and what i haven't said and this is adding on to it is that the reason why they want us to be stuck in a prison of lord of the rings harry potter magical bullshit is because we are divine special human beings and this place was made for us and that there is potential for us to be something more, to be something higher, to harness 
what is in our heart that that we know the difference between right and wrong and that that there is more for us here and i don't know what that looks like but i'm here let me give you an example like if cell phones never existed we might be telepathic by now just as an example you know what i mean like it's all these crutches of these man-made artificial systems that that's making us retarded and so anyway i think that if we all were freed from these higher education stories and actually making first-hand observations and conversations like this, who knows what the possibilities are. I think they might be endless. We're going to jump into this next question. I'm sorry, James. Do we have a time for me to just make a little something? So one thing I challenge the audience to consider is that I see this a lot in the flat earth perspective. They say, don't go to college because they will teach you things. One of the biggest components of college is that they tell you how to observe these things for yourself. They tell you why these things exist and they give you the tools such as equations and many things to substantiate the evidence that they have. So it's a little bit interesting that flat earthers don't want you to go to college, but they want you to watch their YouTube videos. Because they know that you're not going to have the reasoning that it takes to figure out why they're wrong. So I challenge you to do that. Actually look into the equations, look into the math. I know it's tough, but it's worth it. I'm going to be doing that equation to send over to Rose to show her how far she can see into the horizon. But that is from college. It's not from Globebuster on YouTube. I'm sorry. Go ahead, James. (laughs) You got it. And Rose, if you want, I think the since the question was originally for you, I can give you a chance to give a quick rebuttal before we go into the next one. Um, I don't really, I I don't really have a, a rebuttal. I've, I'm, I'm chill with uh, Carissa's response, and I'm just genuinely interested in in moving forward with all of these firsthand observations. You got it. And this oh, wait, 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 okay, wait, sorry. One more thing for Carissa. When the, sorry, it just came to my mind. So like we have technology that allows us to analyze data and plug information into those equations to get the result that you're expecting. But then it's be, like, have you ever thought about the, the idea that maybe algorithms and data points are being skewed within the computer. And then those data points are being plotted. Like for example, Google Earth, we're getting all this information that applies to a flat plane, but then the computer is visualizing it onto a circle on the screen so that it looks like a globe when really it's like the same information would apply on the flat. Gotcha. So for example, with gravity, we know that exact number that the force has onto the earth. We know like um, how far, like the acceleration and everything. So what happens is we can actually, with our hands, predict things. We can predict how long it's going to take an apple to fall from a building using the mathematical tools that we have. So it's not this like vague, let's plug these numbers into the computer and it's just, you know, spitting out random like variables. That's not what happens. And um, even with those computer systems, they teach you how to do it by hand first. And then you can like, for example, I use Excel to make my math easier 
to make it quicker, to be able to utilize it better in the future so I can just plug things in. I know how to do it, but it's just faster. And that's what technology has been able to do for the scientific community. And it's been able to calculate things at a much more detailed um, level than we could by hand, which has just transformed us to be able to like make computers, to do all these things that rely on the laws that we know from education and from academia, right? That's how we're having this conversation right now is because of academia and because of the laws and because of people going to college and learning how to apply those laws in real life. It's tested. I think because the super chat was originally for you, Rose, I got to <laughs> give you the last word so we're not ganging up on you. If you'd like a last word, we'll, otherwise we'll go to the next one. No, I don't feel uh, ganged up on at all. I, I think it's cool to go on to the next question. I made my point clear and, and Chris's point is clear. And You got it. Juicy. And thank you very much for your question. Southbound Patch Derm says, Rose rocks amazing you got a fan <laughs> out there rose as well which it gets it says hey carissa can your pseudo scientific priesthoods model still be correct even though we have falsified the claimed radius value numerous times there might have been a mistake at some point potentially but um it's not no they actually the first time this is a fun little fact first time that they estimated the um, diameter of the earth, this guy was was talking to like these travelers, right? And they told him where like the sun was from when they came um, to the, like the village he was at. And he was able to track the distance and the time that it took them to get there. And he was able to actually calculate a very precise um, diameter of the world just off of that information and that was like in like the like 1300s it was insane it was a really long time ago so I don't think it's very much pseudoscience it's just people being critical and not just watching YouTube videos and believing what they want to hear juicy this one coming in from Sigma N he says helio current the helio current would destroy the moon without a third sun really going on about that they also <laughs> say all physics need sun sun and sun moon balance therefore three suns do you guys know what they're talking about <laughs> not really but can i make I, a comment about youtube and watching youtube videos carissa yeah i mean i i just hear this all the time where people are saying that like the tone like, oh, watching YouTube videos as if that's like so um, like, like, for example, you could you could like learn how to do an oil change and all of the heliocentric model, all the stuff that you agree with can also be found on YouTube. So yeah. I think just because it's a YouTube video shouldn't discredit it. That's all I wanted. Oh, to I agree. There. My husband's a YouTuber. Okay. <laughs> so he has like. A, lot, a pretty big audience. I am all okay with YouTube videos, but I don't believe that YouTube should be the extent of your scientific education. That's what I think. Juicy. We, hey. yes. Also, we want to say, I think it was like two weeks ago, we owe Hunter a huge thank you for that epic panel. So that was a lot <laughs> was of fun. Awesome. Now, wait, I, what does he do? What does your husband talk about? What's his um, politics. interest? He's a oh. po yeah, political <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> I think you might think he's part of the big 
bad government though <laughs> no well is he does is he does he have a government job or he just comments on politics? he's okay with he's good with the mass stuff and Okay. He's just an accomplice, right? Oh, well, I would say that I would probably, the first thing I would jump to is misguided about the mask. Maybe not that he's a bad person. At some point. Huh? Maybe, yeah, maybe I can at some point. Oh, okay. Next up, this one. Thank you very much for your question. Super Straight Earther says, Henry Pascal showed that matter accelerates into pressure because of the conservation of momentum. Earth has a vertical pressure gradient of 9 PA per M. I think it's, what would 9 PA? Pascals. Pascals per, is it meter? I think so, yeah. All right. I think that's. I don't comprehend that enough (laughs) to even know if that was directed towards me or Carissa. So. (laughs) I feel like it was pretty academic. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Next up. The Crawdaddy029 says, if you want to know the U.S. has sent people to the moon, just ask a Russian. You can find out the Earth is a sphere just by driving, instilling a globe. Instilling? (laughs) I'm so baffled. You guys know what that means? Repeat that again. They said, if you want to know the U.S. has sent people to the moon, just ask a Russian. You Mm -hmm. can find out the Earth is a sphere just by driving, instilling a globe. Maybe... uh... Maybe there's a typo there with instilling. (laughs) Maybe there's that's supposed to be another verb. Yeah, (laughs) I would think so. We appreciate the sentiment. And S.A., this is maybe my favorite super chat ever. They said, can't stop picturing two little girls having a tea party over what they remember from school. Too sweet. <laughs> Very sweet. Uh, let's see. The Crawdaddy029 says, I take it Rose has never been a project manager. I don't know what they're supposed to mean by that. Uh, does that mean that I'm not good with time management and being efficient with my daily tasks or getting things done? <laughs> I've been a tra- I've, I haven't been a project matter but project manager but I was a training manager when I worked for Citrix online and I taught everybody how to use go to my PC go to meeting and go to webinar from 2008 to 2011 so there and if I was still part of that company and had stuck god knows what happened this past year with collaborative software I'd probably be very wealthy <laughs> but I left. and Jay says I have a son I don't know about two <laughs> playing on the word son michael lyon says 100 rose nice win <laughs> fan out there super straight earther well crawdaddy 029 strikes against his rose you think the government is lying welcome to the globe earth since there are plenty of government people that are flat earth and lying to you <laughs> There's government people. You have to watch out. They're going to come at you with those globebuster facts. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand what I don't understand what that po- I don't understand some of these comments. I'm sorry. I don't I, I oh, I think what they're maybe trying to argue is that like some people who work in government are actually flat earth people, you know. And so Yeah, that's true. There's a, there, there's a whistleblower that recently uh contacted David Weiss, the creator of the Flat Earth Sun Moon and Zodiac app. 
And yeah, there's some people that are pretty fed up with what's going on in the world. And so maybe they're going to be coming out a little bit more. Maybe we'll get some more deathbed confessions too. That was juicy. Coming for that AdSense coin, right? (laughs) Juicy. It was a nice judo kind of using your uh, questioner's momentum against them. That's good. Uh, Sigma (laughs) Any says, JK, I just can't keep it up. Prediction confirmed. I've died laughing. Rest in peace, me. Love you all. <laughs> I think they were, okay, I think that they're confessing that they were trolling with the whole three sons thing. I don't know. Uh, Jason Day says, smart girls are hot. I think he's probably not talking about me. So um, <laughs> kudos. Uh, let's see. Please don't put yourself down, please. <laughs> what was it? I can't remember. I heard today, someone told me if I say you guys, I say, hey, oh, you guys, you guys, you guys. And if I say that, and there's some females in the group, he's like, oh, it's not appropriate to say you guys. So I've changed it. Now I'm just going to say you people. And then you guys, just, that's the new politically correct way is I'll say you people. Doesn't it, Matt? I think that it's intent that matters. Everybody knows what you mean when you say you guys. And even if you were trying to suggest that I wasn't a girl, like, why would I care? Because I know I'm a girl. Anyway, I just don't understand why people are so offended by words. I am fine with people saying you guys. I'm I was joking. Fine I just like you people because I thought it sounded more offensive. But uh, next up. I'm always saying that because of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and my obsession with Freddy Krueger, I feel perfectly comfortable with the word bitch. So everybody's there different. It just that has to do with the kind of nostalgia programming that you were exposed to. Juicy. And the other one, what was it? All right, we'll get to Let's get to the next question. This one coming from the advocate INFJRH negative. Thanks for your, I think you meant to attach a question. Let me know in the, the normal chat. I can add that in if you meant to. Super Straight Earther says, continuing uh, from their last one regarding the Pascal's, nine Pascal's per meter, they said this pressure gradient is is the vertical vector pointing down plus the relationship of relative density is why things fall. Gravity is fake. Boom. It's the same thing is <laughs> literally the same thing as the colloquially used word gravity, but it's still considered gravity, right? So you're never gonna go up to it, someone and be like, "Hey, what are what's happening with the Pascal? You know, your face is looking a little tired. It's gravity. It's a force. It's going down. It's a vector. It might be in a Pascalian like. It's a it's a vector. It's a force." Gotcha. And this one coming in from, do appreciate it. Witsit gets it strikes again. He just can't help himself. Here he goes again. He says falsified R. That means it's been proven wrong. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Carissa. (laughs) All right. I don't really have a <laughs> The Craw Daddy 029 says, Rose, you have not been a project manager. And let's see. They said you don't, they're saying the reason that they said you must not be a project manager is because they were saying it would just be the ultimate of hard projects that for a project manager or any human to get everybody to collude and cover up the second son. So they're saying like, well, they're like no project manager would ever, you know, think that was reasonable. That's just impossible to keep that big of a secret. What are you, what's your response, Rose? Oh, you're, I think you're on mute. 
I think there are there are bloodlines that have been controlling where we live for thousands of thousands of years and that they're they're playing out this extreme long game and they have this stuff down pat again let me remind you about all of the nonsense that so many people have been convinced of for this past year that required everybody to be working together they have been like if you look up the tavistock institute of um, social engineering or human Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. This, this is wait, wait. You know about this, James? You're working on your doctorate in psychology, so obviously you know a thing or two about sociology and social engineering. When people don't like you, it's very easy for them to get together to deceive. Juicy. And this one coming in from. Illiterate Bear says, check out the Poppycock Report with Rose and Baldini to have fun watching the fake news. Thanks for hosting, mm-hmm. James. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Poppycock Report. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. And Augmented Space, thanks for your question, said, a question for Rose. Do you trust ultrasounds? Seismology is basically the same thing. Yes. And I also just want to point out, and this is this is why I asked Carissa about the um, data points on the globe, because Dutch Sins, check out D-U-T-C-H-S-I-N-S-E. And he actually, I watched him live predict an earthquake on, like, he was like, oh, there's going to be an earthquake. Like, look, it's like a river moving through and it's going to happen in Alaska. And then an earthquake happened in Alaska. And he uses a globe. He uses a spherical model when he's looking at all of the things happening. So when I look at that and I know, look, here's a guy who's using this information to make predictions, the data that he's using, I'm just seeing it plotted around this ball when really you could unwrap it and look at the same information on a flat plane if, if that's how the software was designed. Gotcha. And still doesn't explain the, the waves on the other side of the earth. Just saying. Yeah, I, I heard, I remember your answer about that, but I didn't, I like that, like I said, I, I don't know enough to know whether that, could also be explained in a different way, like the waves traveling over them, not through them. Because yeah. how are we detecting that the like that they're going through? Like, can we actually know that it went through a solid object and that it didn't fly over the air, like through the ether? It's actually interesting because waves actually go through, d- depending on the type of wave, sometimes solid objects actually help them go through. So like an interesting thing with sound is that it travels better and faster through solid objects than actually just like in the air. Um, And that's kind of similar with some of the waves that we're seeing. Um, So they have like mathematical models that kind of be like, you know, and that's actually how we know the, um, the different stratas of the earth is because we have been able to measure how it travels through when the um the waves are actually like dispersed and what types of waves are dispersed and which waves come through and what the magnitude of those waves that come through are we've been able to track really 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 big earthquakes and on the other side they're proportional to the 
the first earthquake compared to smaller earthquakes with, again, a proportionally smaller um, earthquake on the other side. So it's kind of, it's like a one-to-one comparison. We can observe it with many earthquakes. It's been done many times. It's a very common thing. Geology 101, you learn about it. Juicy. And this one (laughs) coming in from EndoXD says, Occam's razor? Huge conspiracy? Or just people trying to understand the universe? People have been trying to understand the universe, and that's why we have science. And that's why we have gravitational laws and the other laws. I think that one is for Rose, though I appreciate your assertiveness, (laughs) Carissa. Sorry. Carissa, do you... Actually, never mind. I go okay. ahead if you want to go for it. Nah, I, I, I my mind is moving at a mile a minute. I, <laughs> I will have. I, I'm just excited because I really want to stay in touch. And sure, for sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> I really, I think you're awesome, and I, I, I love your take too. and your tone and tenor of everything. And and yeah, I just appreciate you. But anyway, I feel like this lovey dovey stuff. You have a lot of. <laughs> There's a lot of courage, honestly. If I had a really hot take, I don't know if I'd be able to debate it like you are. So kudos to you. Thanks. <laughs> the Craw Daddy strikes again. He says, Rose, it's not just people that know each other that are making globe Earth. I was in the Navy. I traveled around the globe, and I think that the government lies too. Yeah, I, yeah, man. Welcome to the club. We all, we, there's a lot of people that are figuring it out that there's a lot of fraud going on. Like, for example, like if you think that you have never been lied to, like if it's hot, not you, Carissa, but the general you, everyone, (laughs) if people don't think that they could be mistaken about the nature of reality, let me blow your mind with something completely unrelated to astronomy. Did you know that you do not need to have a driver's license, insurance, registration, or license plates to travel from point A to point B in this country. This has been ruled on and decided by the Supreme Court, and it's only everyone's belief in the motor vehicle code by these municipal corporate governments in the local level it's only our belief in this bullshit that you pay your ticket and give your identification and do all of these things now i promise you 100 this is one of the most recent videos on my channel if you can convince the cop that you figured out that it's fraud and you could prove to them that you know and the same goes for income taxes you don't have to do any of that shit so why didn't you already know this Ask yourself, why why were you tricked into paying? If anyone out there pays a traffic ticket without contacting me to find out how to get out of it, you're, I don't know what to tell you. Why would you pay money you don't have to pay? Free yourself from the enslavement of these prison systems. Thank you very much. If this channel is not here tomorrow, folks, you have Rose to thank. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, this one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Anthony Dickinson says, Rose, are you going to have an after show? I'm kind of getting tired. Gotcha. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. How, how about this? I'll definitely start when I just don't know how long it will last. You got it. <laughs> and ABC asks, Rose, what do you believe about the other planets? Uh, do you believe that they're flat? Do you believe they're globe Earth? Do they have one uh, 
They're so lights please. in the sky. That's all I know. I don't know exactly what they are. I think that they're a lot closer. I don't think that they're the sizes or distances that we're told. But I will say this. This is important. I'm glad that this was brought up. There are a lot of people out there who don't accept the heliocentric model, but they're mistaken about like what the luminaries look like. And as you know, Crow being an amateur astronomer and me paying a lot of attention to amateur amateur astronomy. You know, Saturn, Jupiter, Venus, they do look like that. So it really pisses me off when flat earthers are like, oh, look at this, look at Saturn, it's it's just CGI. Like, no, you can actually see those things. I encourage people, get a telescope. Those things do look like that. But just because they look a certain way, I mean, you have to just try to imagine how programmed we are. We're told what they are, and so we accept it. If you go to Karen B's channel and you look at the video, is it spherical? There's a really great video that demonstrates that even though something can look like a sphere, it could be completely different, flat, convex, concave. So check that out. Juicy. We've heard of Karen B. I've seen Karen B. We'd love to host Karen B. If, if you ever wanted to, the door is open. I'm and... sure you would because Karen B is so awesome. I don't know if she would be willing, you know, you'd have to really beg because that is one high level bitch, I'm telling you. Excellent. I will relay the message. And Sigma Annie says, thank you very much. Uh, they said, Rose, would you argue with a land surveyor that they are inept in their direct measurements of the earth? and the curvature that is observed. No, I don't accept that at all, because there's no measurable curvature. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> <And with> that, <laughs> we want to say we appreciate our guests so much. They are linked in the description, <laughs> folks. We cannot express our appreciation for Rose. Thank you very much. And for Carissa, thank you very much for being on here tonight. This was absolutely epic. And so thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. And one last huge thank you to Rose and Carissa. Oh, thank you, James, so much for hosting. And thank you so much for us for talking with me. I think it was a really good talk. Me too, Carissa. Cheers. And thank you so much. And we'll be in touch. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys are really fun to listen to. You people are really fun to listen to. And we had one last question came in. Gamma Drama Mama Bear says, ladies, do you both agree that the science is never really settled? Also, could it be that the moon is a luminary plasma disk and that's why we have never seen the other side. Maybe it's not a sphere. Hell yeah. Get this one too. <laughs> so first off about the moon. Well, yeah. Okay. With science, it's observational. You can never know anything for 100%. You can only make very educated guesses um, with a ton of Except proof. Kitty's being cute. <laughs> Fair. With a ton of proof and then um, over a ton and a ton and a ton of research and a ton of like testing, that's when things become theories. That's when things people actually start putting their faith in whatever that hypothesis was. Um, secondly, no, the moon could not be a disk because you would not see the same face of the moon throughout the world if um, it just wouldn't happen. Um Mathematically, since it's, since it's a sphere, you can see about 55% of the moon throughout the year. Um, it's impossible to see the other side unless you actually go, go into space. And if it was actually a disk, it would appear in different shapes 
depending on where you were in the earth. So it's impossible for it to be a sphere. Um, there's literally no way, like physically, it could actually work without it being a sphere. Juicy. And we are waiting on, pardon me, both Carissa and Rose as the advocate, INFJRH negative. I, I, I did mention your name before in chat. I, I did say that you had a super chat, but I didn't see your the, a question attached to it. If you put it into the chat as a normal chat, just tag me with at Modern Day Debate. I can ask it really quick, but just uh, want to let you know when you put a super chat in, most people put the question in the super chat, but uh, never mind. just teasing you. It's all right. But let me know really quick because I, I do want to let our guests go. I know that it's already been about two hours and we really appreciate them being with us. And also, though, I want to f- remind you folks, this Friday, Book of Daniel, Prophecy or Forgery, you don't want to miss that debate. So please do hit that subscribe button to be sure you don't miss it. And that notification bell as we are waiting on our good friend in the chat who was just saying, hey, why didn't you read it? I remember <laughs> my first super chat. Uh, let's see here. Ladies, anything that you would like to to uh, kind of draw together the threads of tonight's discussion and Q&A with? Oh, wait, we have the question. The advocate... Just put it in. Said Carissa, why did China make a sun? And mathematically, where does it fit? Wait, I don't know what they're talking about. China. (laughs) They're talking about a sun simulator, but I don't understand why. Like, I I haven't looked into the sun simulator a lot, but they can. They can put like fake technology in the sky to make it look like for people's weddings it's like oh i'll have a full moon for my wedding you know they have the sun simulator too but that doesn't have an impact on i'm curious to know what that what why that question was asked because how does that have to do with the natural world it might try just making something fake yeah i've heard people say that they think that the moon is just a simulation but the like the data that we have going back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of tracking all the celestial objects just completely debunks that. Juicy. And one last question. So sorry, Design, I did miss your question. That's embarrassing. Design Sonk 1 says, one of you live on a merry-go-round. The other lives inside a rollerball. Only one of your observations matches our reality. Guess which one? <laughs> I'll leave that to the audience to decide. <laughs> Juicy. So want to say thank you very much. We appreciate you all watching and hanging out with us. And I'll be back in just a moment with a post-credit scene, letting you know about many juicy upcoming debates we're excited about. But again, we can't say thank you enough. Rose and Carissa, we really do appreciate you. Thanks for spending your time with us tonight. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.